we're going to refer back to this little exercise as we get into the word a little bit more. So, this is what being the light looks like. It means going out and finding it and helping others to find their light within Christ. Um, and so, I feel like this is something that's been in my heart to talk about, being brave enough to be the light, because um, when I was your age, I feel like I was struggling with trying to figure out, like, what I was really searching for in life, and nothing was really wrong, nothing was really good either, just like I was in that in-between. I grew up in church, did that whole thing, but then I still needed to figure out what that looked like for my life individually, um, and not coming to church because my family was coming to church, all those things. So at your age, I was searching for what I didn't know was Jesus, and so when I found him, I realized I had found Jesus, and really I had found his light. So. We're going to refer back to this exercise um, later on. Okay, now I have a lot of scriptures, so y'all look a lot really, really sleepy. So <laughs> we got like a lot of verses, but we need to read this uh, Bible story. Um, I'm not sure if all of you guys know about the three Hebrew boys, um, but we're going to read about them. It's a lot of scriptures, so bear with me. Um, we can turn on the rest of the lights if you want. Um, if it's not too dark in the video, thank you. Okay, so, all right, read along with me, don't fall asleep. All right, so, this is chapter 3 in Daniel, verse 1. Here we go. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then he then summoned the statues, perfects, Governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, perfects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then, then the heralds loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced um, the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So these three Hebrew boys did not worship the uh, image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up for them. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought up before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? 
Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Zadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown to the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, um, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Zadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitudes were then changed. He ordered the furnace heated. Uh, he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent. And the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Okay, this last slide of the scripture. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the Sadrach's prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and their was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship uh, any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubber, for no other God can say in this way. Then the king promoted Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Okay. So I needed to read all of that. And plus, I want to show you guys that it's important to read your Bible, read all of it, right? Right. Okay. So, next slide. Okay, yeah. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what does it mean to be the light? It means that exactly right there. It means standing out even when it may seem dangerous. The three Hebrew boys knew the consequences of their actions, but they took a stand anyway. Standing for God and shining his light is way more important than being like everyone else bowing to a false god that was made by the hand of a king. And so standing out looks like doing the unpopular thing, even if it's only you who are doing it. 
It means that no matter what, your light shines in every room, in every situation, every circumstance, um, no matter who you're talking to or who you're around. I remember when I was, um, so you guys are high school, and I was a sophomore, and I went to um, lots of NHA schools and schools that kind of were, um, they were private, so I didn't really get this like worldly experience, I would say. So when we moved to Belleville, I transferred from this like, we had to wear out, you know, the um, uniforms and all that stuff, to being able to be able to wear anything I wanted to wear and do anything I wanted to do and go to this high school that was bigger than I ever had seen. And I was the new girl that like transferred in the middle of the school year. And so I remember I was in choir. It was like the second or third day I was in choir from my first week of school year. And um, we did this activity where one person got to pick a song for the whole class to practice and sing at the end of class. And so someone was like, oh, it's a new girl's turn to do it. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I was very nervous. There was like 50 people in this class. It was a really big class. Said, don't pick any Christian or gospel music. Like, we don't like that in here, so that's boring. And then they're like, oh no, I don't know anything about that. Like, when, when really I did. But you know, but I really wanted to fit in. I wanted to be able to be likable to others. And so I, I kind of dimmed and kind of, it's not that the light wasn't there on the inside, but I kind of like, with my actions and with my words, I kind of like turned it off for a second. But that's what I mean by in every room and every circumstance to be able to walk in it and not be ashamed or embarrassed of what is on the inside of you because that is what the Lord has placed on the inside of you purposefully. And so it's very important. And that situation didn't leave me feeling happy. It made me feel very guilty and shameful to where I had to ask God to forgive me because I loved God. And there's no reason why I should have said that other than me just wanting to fit in. And I know we've all been in those situations before. And so number two, it means going against the ways of this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So again, not looking at this world and saying, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. They have the freedom to do that. So why can't I do that as well? But the Bible is saying that we will be blessed when we go against what the world is telling us to do because that is walking in the ways of God, of the Lord. Number three, it's displaying your light to bring glory to God. Um, the Bible said, um, what we just read in verse 18, the Hebrew boy said, the Lord will deliver us. But they also said, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. I think that's a huge statement to say, and it's confidence in the Lord that even if I'm not delivered from this fiery furnace, that this somehow still brings you glory. It still brings God glory, because I took a stand. The three Hebrew boys took a stand for God, which reflected God in that moment. So they said, even if he doesn't, this means nothing This means nothing to me, because this is God who I'm serving, and I will not bow down to your gods. I know this as well, that we will be blessed um, when we... Um, you know, where we find ourselves stuck in these situations because Matthew chapter 5 verse 11 says, Blessed are you 
when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So whatever you do for God is going to glorify him. No matter what people say, no matter what they may speak falsely of you, what they accuse you of that you did not do, you continue to shine your light for God and take a stand because at the end of the day it brings God the glory and you'll be blessed because of it. Number four, it means less of him, um, less of us and more of him. Taking on the will and the way of God, laying aside what my wants and my desires are to take up his, because that's what's more important. His ways are better. His thoughts and are way higher than our thoughts. He sees tomorrow before it even becomes. And so why not take what I want aside and because I know nothing and take up what God wants for me, for my life. It means to be more like Jesus, to take on the characteristics of God, to become compassionate, to be quick to forgive, even when you don't want to, to be loving, to read the scriptures and see how Jesus was when he walked on this earth, how he was with other humans. Like, be like Jesus, because, like I said, I will fail people all the time, and we will. But if I strive to be more like Christ, to be more like God, I take up on his characteristics, and that makes me a better person because I'm taking on who God is. Number six means to lay down, um, lay your will down and take up his. So again, less of me and more of God. Got to get that into your heart. Less of me and more of God. Number seven means to live for God. Not for my family, not for my job, or even for myself and what this world could possibly offer me. You think of all the things that you're wanting to do, like you're in school, you're going to get your degree, you're going to go to college, you're going to get another degree, you're going to get a job. That might sound like it all, you know, directly affects you and benefits you in a good way, and it sets your life up on track. But honestly, everything you do is for God, whether it's spiritual or getting a degree, it's all for the glory of God. Remember that. It becomes a very dangerous thing when you think your life is your own. You always want to be in the hand and the will of God. It also means to shine in dark places. Again, when I talked about being in high school and everybody was playing all these, you know, ridiculous songs, and then I had this song that I wanted to sing, and I remember it was a song by Britton Cole, and I just really wanted to sing it because it was really on my heart. And in that moment, I had a choice. I wasn't... Um, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of God on the inside because I realized I'm the only person in this room who doesn't agree that gospel is, is, is boring. I think it's fun. I think it's amazing. I think it brings light into dark places. I think we need to be brave enough to shine even when no one else is, to not be embarrassed, but to embrace the, the light that is on the inside. Whether you're talking to someone where you step into a room, always, just just always proclaim the name of God and to shine in his way. Um, also, the last one on this slide, it says, allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts. So you may be like, how do I do that? So it, may, it means to make your heart a safe place for God to use it. Um, we ask God to fill up uh, our hearts with lots of more with more of him and to drive out the gook and the trash, the things that should not be there. That way he can dwell on the inside of us because we want him to take up all the parts in our hearts, all the parts in this vessel. So less of me, more of God. Less of sin and more of godly ways and godly thinking. Less of conforming to this world and more of shining for God. So where does the light come from? It comes from God. So in John chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again, 
to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So, number one, we find Christ and give our lives to him. We found the light. So when we went around the room, the, the room was dark, dark enough, and all of your flashlights were turned off. But then we were searching, like how we all do. We all grow up and we have our own free will. We have our own ways of thinking now that are maybe apart from our, our friends or our family and how we grew up. And we have to search for what we want to believe, what we think is true. And so when you guys were searching, you guys saw a piece of paper that said Jesus and you were able to shine your light. And like how I told you at your age, I was figuring all of that out at your age and finding out what what life I was going to live. And so when I found it in this dark world, my light shone, um, shone. It lit a fire on the inside of me. And now look where I am. And I would have never thought I would be here. But you know when you found Jesus, when that light is on the inside and no man can take it away, no darkness can drive it out. We have to empty ourselves of what used to be. What once was a lost in vessel is now lit up with the power and identity of Christ. He is the light of the world. He lives on the inside. So our light comes from within. You don't have to create it on your own. So that should take all the pressure off of you. It is Jesus. It is God on the inside of you that shines for all to see. It is our job to keep it visible. And there are going to be some things that happen in your life. Like how I was like, oh, I don't like gospel. and trying to, you know, fit in. All of that. It doesn't say that it doesn't mean that he's not there completely leads your body. No, it's not that. God is still dwelling inside because you made a decision to follow him and his ways. But there are some things that we may do to try to fit in or to make it not visible to others. So I think we need to flee from sinful ways and sinful thinking. Separate ourselves from those who seek to destroy what's on the inside from us. And also tuning um, our ears to hear the voice of the Lord and to know when it's the enemy as well. To stay away from things that don't sound like God's voice. And also I think something that's very important that isn't talked about a lot is protecting your spiritual and your um, physical eyes. I think it's very important like um, when you're sitting and so naturally when you're sitting and you're watching something on Netflix or watching something on YouTube or looking at what's on your friend's phone or what's on your phone in private or in public, I think it's very important for you to watch what you're looking at because it affects your spiritual eye as well. And I, I completely am someone who is, um, has dealt with this before. I think it's very important to protect your eye because the Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about that, of um, seeing yourself in a healthy way. And if you're seeing things that aren't healthy and aren't of God, it brings darkness into your vessel. So I think it's very important to watch um, what you are watching. And so number three, light reveals the truth. It Light exposes what the darkness tries to keep hidden. And that's why the enemy hates the light that is on the inside of you. It's because we are now have like all these lights on the inside of us and we're walking around in this dark world and we're lighting up these rooms, we're lighting up these conversations with non-believers, we're making them curious about the Lord and that's because of the light that's on the inside is exposing all the darkness and it reveals the truth of God. John chapter 1 verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So no darkness 
can can dim your light to the point where it's completely out unless you make that decision yourself. So walk around this earth. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shameful of your light. It's a beautiful thing to have Jesus living on the inside of you. Um, and that is what's going to help you on your walk with Christ. So this next sign says, don't be afraid to show it. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 15 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So number one, don't hide it. Again, I can't stress this enough. Don't be afraid to display the Lord's um, the Lord mighty for all to see. Number two, light is supposed to illuminate dark places. That's why we have house lights when it gets dark. That's why there's street lamps when it gets dark. But we have headlights uh, on our cars. It's because um, we got to be able to see when it's dark. Um, the world needs your light. We live in a dark world. Dark places need light that we can see. Your light is attractive to unbelievers. Think about the story that we that we just read. The king was a non-believer who was amazed at the miracle that took place. The three Hebrew boys' light was attractive. Anything that think about something sparkly, if somebody's wearing something neon, your eye goes straight to it. Why? Because it's attractive. It's it's um, with your eyes of appealing. And people may not see that God is on the inside, but once you walk into a room, they will feel the presence of God. Once you start to talk to them, they will feel the presence of God. You talked about um, you walking into that um, store um, when you were buying your suit, and guys like, why are you so happy? You said something like that. It's because it's just what we give off. It's like, even on our worst days, God is still good, so I can still portray it in that same way. Like, God is good, so my conversation is good. The way I walk is good, right? So your light is attractive, and you don't have to work to make it. Like, God does all of that. You just have to keep it on the inside. Okay. I'm sorry if I'm going too fast. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. Um, the next slide says, their light shines. The Hebrew boys, their light shined in a very dark place. Even when it was unpopular. Even when others bowed, they took a stand. Their actions brought glory to God. God protects those that stand for his name. And their light saved a nation. Guys, don't take it. Don't take the God on the inside lightly. You have power and you have the solution to a problem. Like when I was talking to you about when I was your age, I was searching. I had issues. I had things that I was dealing with that people knew or didn't know about. And I was searching for all these things, whether it's relationships or whatever the case may be. I was searching for so many things and I didn't realize I needed Jesus. And that is on the inside of you. You have a solution to a major problem that this world has, and it's Jesus. He's the solution. Your light can save your family. Your light can save your friends. Your light can make an unbeliever curious just by conversing, conversing with them. Your light can save your community, and the list goes on and on and on. Just by being you, you can save someone with the light that's on the inside. By standing out, the voice brought the name of the Lord to an unbelieving nation and also to an unbelieving king that was, he was a horrible king in the Bible, King Nebuchadnezzar. So if they bowed like everyone else did, if they were like me and agreed that gospel music wasn't, it is boring, it isn't good, then these people could have not known Christ. 
And that's a huge, huge deal. Yes, God is sovereign and he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful. He could have totally brought his name into that into that nation of unbelievers just by just by doing anything else. But the, I think the beautiful thing about this story is that he wanted to use the Hebrew right. boys. Right. He could have done it himself, but he used them. He, he used them. And he wants to use you. I think, um, I'm sorry, he wants to use you. The king, and I think it's funny to think about it this way. I was um, sitting in my room and I was like going over my notes and um, I feel like God dropped this in my spirit, but it's funny how like King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make an example out of the Hebrew boys to show his power. But what he didn't realize was that God was also the same thing. God was using the Hebrew boys in that moment to show his power, to make an example, and to bring glory to God in that situation. And so no matter who's coming against you because of the name of God that you're proclaiming, God has a plan. He's already seen that happen. And he has a plan to even show his power even greater than someone who's trying to show theirs. So I want you to know that. Like, don't be afraid of someone who's coming against you because our God is greater in all things. Right, right. Um, Daniel chapter 3, verse 29 through 30, we read this. It says, Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against God, Sadrach, the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their house be turned into a pile of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So guys, others can be saved. We talked about this in the last slide. Others can be saved because of the light that you are allowing to shine on the inside on the outside. We know a better way, and his name is Jesus. When your light is on display, others will want what you have, and your light will always point back to Jesus. The king didn't say, from now on, we're going to serve these three Hebrew boys because it was their power. He recognized that there was something higher power. There was a higher power. There was a God in the midst of them working on their behalf. So he decreed that they would serve the God of these three Hebrew boys. And he said, no other God can save this way. So your light makes it known for what Christ did in your life. And I wrote down that light testifies to what the darkness was keeping hidden. Like in my and for the Hebrew boys, it was being brought out of this dangerous situation. And for you, it could look like something different. God delivered you from something, and now there's a light on the inside of you. For me, there's a lot of things that we'll get into that the Lord has delivered me from. But the light testifies of the beautiful thing that happened in my life when God came into it. And they were saved, and the king recognized that. Um, and so um, the last thing I want to talk about on this slide was also something that um, I kind of got when I was thinking about this today. And there is um, a verse that we have read. So I can go back real quick. Um, I believe it is in verse 24. And it is the king, um, when he recognized that there were four men walking around, he said, uh, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods and so i i looked that up and son of the gods i guess means angels it's almost like an angelic figure and when you think of angels it's a it's light it's a beam of light it's a bright figure that people have even said that they have seen and i think it's kind of um i think it's kind of awesome that like 
the Hebrew boys, they allowed their light to shine, which ironically got them thrown into a fiery furnace because they stood for the, for the name of God and they knew the, what they were getting into. But I love how God showed up in the form of light to save them. And I think that's amazing because like that's what's living on the inside and God showed up in the same form that he takes place and how he shows up on the inside. And so I want to let you know that that is proof that what is on the inside is not just me saying it's a light and hoping that it is, but it is because that's how God showed up for them in the fiery furnace and it actually saved them. And so your light will always point back to Jesus. Does everybody follow me? Okay. So how do we share the light of the Lord with others? We spread the gospel and we witness at any time that we can get any point. Any point of time that we can get the chance, we're going to share the gospel and we're going to witness to others. And we can simply tell what the Lord has done for us, what he's done for you. That's the easiest way to tell somebody about Jesus. Just think of one thing that he did for you. He woke me up this morning. Boom. Everybody can say that. And you can say that, that the Lord did that for you. Share your testimony if you feel compelled. Um, pray for those who need it. Don't be afraid. God will give you the words. I know for me, I don't like praying out loud because I just love that moment with me and the Lord. But God will give you the words every time. I didn't think I would ever share any type of sermon or teaching with you guys ever because I'm always, I'm a singer. That's what I do. That's, I don't talk in front of people. But God will give you the words if you ask for it. So pray for those who need it. Don't be afraid. Display the heart of the Lord and be more like Jesus. Take on his characteristics. Be more like him. Display the fruits of the Spirit. When people meet you, are you spewing hate? Are you leaving trails of disaster everywhere you go? Or when people leave your presence, do they feel peaceful? Do they feel happy? Do they feel hopeful for tomorrow because of God on the inside? Displaying the fruits of the Spirit. And also using your gifts for the Lord. There might be some people here who may not know what their gift is yet. And that's okay. That is totally okay. Still come to Wednesday. Still come on Sundays. And the God, God will reveal it. He will reveal it. He will reveal it in your long time with Him. Read your word. Do your devotion. Seek God with just music. Or seek God early in the morning. I love seeing God early in the morning. Because I can hear Him the clearest. And so I just, I pray for those who are still trying to figure out their gifts. But if you know what your gifts are for the Lord, use them. Even if it's a ministry that has not been done yet or is not here, go to Pastor, go to Pastor Dan, go to anybody in position and just be like, hey, God has laid this on my heart. You never know who God can save through your ministry, even if it's not even a thing here yet. So use your gifts for the Lord. Use them for the Lord. Don't use them for anyone else. And also what you do for God will last. Okay. So lots of talking. So, I want to ask you guys some questions because you know I love doing this after every time I say I speak. So, let's reflect, you guys. How did the three Hebrew boys share the light of Christ? 